Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hey, Laura and Jennifer. My name is Avery and I'm from Fort Myers. I have a toddler and our second one is due in two months. And our daughter's about to be 13 months old and she still wakes up at least once a night on like, and that's a good night. So, like, my questions are, is it too late to sleep train her now? And and if it's not, should we wait until the new baby comes and then sleep train them both together? Or, like, what do we do? Um, thank you. Oh, my gosh, Avery. Congratulations. Congratulations on that new little one that's coming. And a 13-month-old as well. So, we're just, oh, my gosh, such a sweet, sweet spot. And, no, it is not too late to go ahead and get that little one going and sleeping through the night. And we do have time. We can get this little one sleeping through the night before that new one arrives. Well, but it does bring up a really good point. So, you know, as far as the transitions are concerned, we would often say potty training and sleep training right there within about one to two months of a new baby arriving is going to put us in a position to we will oftentimes see a little bit of a reversion when the baby gets here. So, you know, if you've potty trained and they're successfully potty trained, sometimes when the baby gets here and it just like changes the world so much, they start to test some of the things that, you know, some of their newfound um, accomplishments in that way. But two months, this is, I'm so glad you called right now. I hope you get this information in time. If you don't, one of the questions you asked was, should I sleep train them both at the same time? And the answer to that is no, we just don't have the capacity of our heart <laughs> to do that. We'll just work on the baby. And then once a baby's sleeping through the night, somewhere around, you know, 10 to 12 weeks of age, if not sooner, then we'll have the brain cells to devote to the older child. But no matter what we do, we're never going to save the quiet one. That is, you know, the hardest thing to do is to recognize that they're both going to come into this incredible household where they are going to, you know, there's going to be some loud things happening at night. When you have siblings, there's reasons they get sick, there's noises at night, and they are completely capable of being able to sleep through a lot of that. Lori, you had twins. Oh my gosh. I still cannot believe what my kids slept through. And, and I had three boys in one room at one point. And one, you know, could be vomiting and sick, and I'm in the room trying to take care of that. And the two others are sound asleep as if nothing is going on. They do learn to coexist with the other sounds in the house as we bring those new siblings. At 13 months of age, we need to give this mama everything that she needs to the best of our ability so that we can kind of get ahead of it and go ahead and try to get some good sleep in before this new one arrives. So at 13 months old, where would she even start? So actually you're doing really good to have a 13 month old that's just waking up that one time at night. Like this is totally fixable. We are able to 
be able to give them a new habit and a new routine. And the great news is their habit forming tendencies are so strong and they're really attached more to the habit than they are to the waking. So the three times that are really important is that nighttime routine that we keep that nighttime, that tender time going. I'm going to let Laura talk about that in just a minute that we have a strict no engagement policy in a safe, non-optional environment for the sleep environment through the night. And then that we address anything that went on that night before in the morning when we open the door. And you'll see after about five to seven days, depending on how many ways you may have tried to fix this before, that new routine will settle in and they will sleep all night in their room by themselves. So Laura, talk to me a little bit about that tender time. Like, what do we do? What do we set up before they go to sleep? Right. I love, love, love tender time. And tender time was such a huge piece of our household. And, you know, having that daytime routine is huge. Make sure that there's, you know, no naps that last longer than about that two to three hour mark, especially if we're down to one nap a day at this point. We want to make sure that they're up by 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right? And then, you know, let's make sure that we're kind of engaging mentally and physically in those evening hours. And then we get ready for that tender time. And we kind of block out all the other things. I love saying be intentional. Put the phone down. Don't answer another email. Don't answer another text message. Be intentional with that sweet time. So we do their baths. And after their baths, we get them in their PJs. And we may sing a song or maybe we read a book or two, uh, do some snuggling. If they're still taking that bedtime feeding, that's okay at 13 months. We're just about getting ready to get rid of that bottle at that 12 to 13 month mark. We'll do that last little feeding if it's still there. We'll pray over them and we'll get them down in that nice safe crib. We do want to make sure that it's dark in the room and we can still have that really good white noise machine that will help with this transition. So you want to use a quality white noise machine placed about two feet away from that crib, crank up that white noise. And we always say, I love you. I believe in you. And I'll see you when the sun comes up and we get out of that room. And there's a couple of options to handle those middle of the night feeding that she's been doing uh, at 13 months. If she's healthy and gaining weight and eating well, there really isn't a reason to feed a 13-month-old in the middle of the night. So what we want to do is, one, tell our mama hearts, right? That's one of the, the biggest pieces of this is that she, and daddy hearts, daddy hearts are there as well, but that they are safe, they are loved, and she can do it. And I want you to believe in her with everything that you have. And, and one way is to stay out of her way. Let her work through waking and figuring out how to get back. On the other side of that sleep, that twilight sleep, those transitional sleep cycles. If you just can't rip the Band-Aid off and stay out, then what we can do is kind of start to extend that about every three to five nights. Stay out about five minutes longer than you can possibly stand, right, Jennifer? I mean, it's almost like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I can wait one more minute and then they go back to sleep till seven o'clock in the morning. But getting up in the morning at seven with intention is really, really important. Oh yeah. That morning, we can address anything that happened, um, you know, in the previous night 
in the morning when we get in there. And I think one of the most astounding things is if you did rip off the Band-Aid and you're just like, you know what, I am actually, my stimulating presence is not helping to produce a great sleep environment that, you know, limits the amount of stimulation for their brain, but they are capable of doing that. We stayed out And then we come in in the morning. The astounding thing is they are not sitting in the middle of that crib with their arms crossed, like looking at us resentfully, like, oh, now you're going to come in. Like They're just ready to start the day. And I think seeing that for the first time really kind of calms a lot of, you know, those normal fears that we have as a parent and just that they're ready to start the day. So we start it on time and we don't let the nap last longer than it should. We use that, you know, little bit of tiredness they developed in that night to translate to the next night. And all we're doing is setting in a new routine. We are just giving them a sustainable routine that helps them to be able to figure out how to get themselves back to sleep when they wake up in the middle of the night in this loving household and this air-conditioned environment decorated just for them and the safe, loving household that you have created for them. They are entirely capable, but it is no fun for about four or five nights. You're going to think that maybe they can't do it, but they can. And having a personal consultant, having an online class, having our voices and our experience, just giving you some of the words and perspectives we've found to be really helpful so that you're not left without any support for you. Because honestly, this process is hardest on you. I'm not worried about your daughter. She's going to be fine. She's in a crib. She can sleep all night. We can get it done before the baby gets here. We're going to set in a new habit. But getting you from here to there, that's really important to us. And we want to be able to engage you in any way that you require that'll make it easier for you. We love our friends over at Bobby, a mom-founded organic infant formula company. And they make good on a promise. And that promise is when you subscribe to them, they describe to you. What does that even mean? When you sign up for Bobby Formula, they set aside cans for you and your baby to ensure you make it through your entire feeding journey, giving you peace of mind and your baby quality nourishment. Their simple recipe is American-made, USDA organic, clean label certified, and made with Organic Valley grass-fed dairy grown on small family farms right here in the U.S. It's long overdue that we end the outdated breast is best versus fed is best. Bobby believes your best is the best, whatever that looks like. And if your best includes formula, they're accepting new families into their Bobby family. If you want to give Bobby a try, but you're not ready to subscribe, you can purchase two cans for $40. Visit highbobby.com to check it out. I was watching one of my friend's kids and I noticed he had put his shoes on the opposite feet. And he said, no, they're not, Miss Jennifer. These are my feet. (laughs) So it would have been really helpful for us to be able to label left and right on his shoes, but also because they were little Crocs and all of our kids had the same size feet and the same color. 
I've had my kids running around with one tiny crock that was theirs and one that was their big brothers. And they're just running around like nothing's happening and just tripping over them as happy as can be. But Mabel's Labels has come to our rescue to help us to be able to label things, not only with names, but sometimes with instructions. And if you have a little engineer, they love labeling things, as do we as moms. We have so much stuff to keep track of. Take a look at Mabel's labels. They're so durable. They're easy to apply. They will stay on in all the ways that we have to clean things to make sure that your stuff comes back to you. Right now, there's 20% off if you use code MOMSONCALL and there's free shipping on all orders. You are absolutely going to love it when you look at Mabel'sLabels.com. That's M-A-B-E-L-S-L-A-B-E-L-S. Com. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Kristen from Monterey, California. Um, I'm calling with a question about my seven-week, almost eight-week-old baby. He is giving us long stretches at night, which has been awesome, anywhere between five and a half to seven and a half, pretty consistently. He used to have some trouble going back down after, but we somehow kind of smoothed that, and hopefully that stays, knock on wood. My question is about daytime naps. He won't take one single daytime nap in his crib and he likes to be in a carrier and we you know I do the dark room but still some light coming in white noise machine swaddled tight and somehow he still won't he won't close his eyes any advice you have for daytime naps with babies that are too young to be left in there for sleep opportunities would be great thank you so much bye-bye Well, we want to look at a couple of things. Sometimes going ahead and moving to the 8 to 16 week routine and keeping them up a little bit longer will help. The other thing is to make sure that that swaddle is correct and go watch our video in the Knowledge Center on the website. It really can make a huge difference And then the next thing, I know you said that you're using white noise, but let's make sure that we're using the right noise machine, that it's placed about 24 inches from the head of the bed and fairly loud enough that you can hear it on the other side of the door. And making those couple adjustments may be all that you need. Hi, Mom's on Call. This is Virginia. I'm from South Georgia, a small town called Waycross. Um, I've been using your Mom's on Call book since my first baby was born about four months ago. My question is, in April, we will be taking a trip to Colorado. And I know the time zone will go back or the time will go back two hours and also we'll be going to high elevation. We'll be staying for five days, four nights. My question is, when I get there, should I immediately go to the new time and stick to her schedule on that time? Or should I just keep the schedule we have and maybe wake up two hours earlier with her and put her her down two hours earlier so that when she gets back home, she'll be fine. Also curious to see if you have any advice on taking a baby to higher altitudes um, and what what I could do to make that transition more seamless. Thanks so much. Well, I want to go to Colorado. I think that would be so much fun. I think we were just invited to five nights in Colorado. That's what I heard. I heard it too. So Virginia, you you hook us up. Let us know. Yeah, so. She'll be like, you come and wake up That's two right. hours early. <laughs> they probably feel like, here's your ticket. So Virginia, this is easy. So you do, once you land in Colorado, you're there long enough. Let's really just pick up and get onto 
that time zone upon arrival. So even if you have to squish together a feeding or stretch them out just a little bit, go ahead and get right on to that time zone and and begin to, to work those days out that way. A day or two, things will be fine there. As far as the elevation, those are always tough questions. And of course, your pediatrician can help you navigate that. But increasing fluids and staying hydrated is huge. So even at four months of age, you know, by that point, maybe a little bit older, we do want to make sure that we're keeping them hydrated, which may mean giving them some extra fluids. And by fluids, it depends on how you're feeding them. It can be more formula, more breast milk, or even a little water here or there in the bottle is totally fine. And also a great way when you're doing takeoff and landing for them to be sucking on something so that the pressure change doesn't affect them as much. And the other thing I would say is a general rule of thumb is if you're going to be there longer than three days, the sunshine and the different time zone, they're going to do that work all by itself. So they kind of naturally kind of get onto the time zone where you are in that regard. So try and be out in the sunshine a bit. And the biggest thing that we want you to know is have a great time. Even if things don't go as expected as far as the schedule is concerned, we can fix any of that when you get home. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit MomsOnCall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 